As Kirk Ferentz speaks yesterday, we hear from the head man. We're searching for answers offensively. Did he give us any? And Cade McNamara sounds off on play calling today. Locked on Hawkeyes. You are Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also Find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for the parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers, eligibility items, only exclusions apply. Let's get into it. As we hear from Kirk Ferentz in the weekly press conference over at Kinnick stadium, we get an opportunity to hear from the head man as we're all searching for answers. Looking back at last week and the disappointing effort against Penn state, the frustrations that obviously continue to build about his much maligned and, despised a time offensive coordinator and his son, Brian Ferentz. What is happening on that front? So as we're searching for answers, the way that it's set up is like this is first we hear from the players, the people that are on the Hawkeye beat get interviews with some of the players. We get to hear from Cade McNamara, some interesting comments from him. Nikaragi Ini was out there and a few other players. And as we hear from these different guys, we know for the most part, there isn't going to be anything too wild, too damning. It's just not the way that Iowa football is built. We've talked about this in the past with LaShawn Daniels, former Hawkeye running back, and he has mentioned that they go through and they're coached on what to say. What are the things that you're able to talk about? How should you work with the media when these questions are out there? So we've had some fun things that have popped up. There's been what has proven to be maybe billet bullboard material in the past. You go way back to Fred Barr uh, before they played Iowa State back in the early 2000s and talking about his hatred of the color red. Julian Vandeveld, he had something uh, very similar talking about that. Uh, speaking of Iowa State, the same kind of thing that what the entity that is Iowa State that he hates something like that. So there's some fun moments, but for the most part, it's pretty milquetoast, right? We don't get a whole lot that comes out of it, but I think we got something yesterday from Cade McNamara. So Cade McNamara, when he's talking before Kirk speaks, the question was asked of him about obviously the issues that we're seeing offensively. And we continue to see this popping up in a big time way. It is a big concern with this. This is what Cade McNamara had to say. Quote, I'm just a quarterback. I'm not calling the plays or any of that. That's not my decision. I'm going to run the play as called, and I'm going to throw it to the open guy. Unquote. Throwing it to the open guy maybe proves difficult. We, we've talked about the scheme, what Iowa is trying to do schematically. And this continues to be, I think, one of the biggest questions for me as I watch this team and I watch them offensively. What are they trying to do? And it should be something simple, right? Run pass balance, complementary football. We've heard these terms that have been thrown out there. But the run game, 
we've seen an evolution. We've seen them at least trying to do things differently, understanding that the zone blocking scheme and the new rules of college football that have been implemented now five years ago, you can't zone block the same way because you can't cut off that outside backer. You can't cut back and get that defensive end. And they're coming through there unscathed. And because of that, the zone blocking scheme, it just doesn't work. Certainly not at the same level in the college game that it once did. We've seen what both Army and Navy have done with their offensive systems because of that, that have a lot of zone blocking and with what they do in the triple option. So you have that component of it. And I was trying to advance it forward. And we talked about the counterplays and more hat on hat blocking, more ISOs, doing those different kind of things. Okay, good. We got it. They're trying. They're understanding the change and at least they're trying to do something. What about in the passing game? What is what Brian Ferentz is trying to do in the passing game? It is something that I can't understand. I don't understand what his philosophy is. Eight years in now as an offensive coordinator, I don't know what he's trying to do. And at times, it doesn't feel like he knows what he's trying to do. When you look at the passing game, there's nothing easy. There's nothing that's schemed up. There are some nice play calls. There are things that work. But there's no identity. There's no understanding of what you're trying to do. And when your quarterback says that, I'm not calling the plays or any of that. That's not my decision. That says to me that the quarterback doesn't believe that Brian Ferentz knows his ass from his elbow. I mean, that, that's, that's how I read it. And you can say it's overstating just one simple little comment from Cade McNamara. I don't think that is. I think his frustration is growing. I thought he believed that he was going to come in here and see some kind of competency from a guy that was an offensive coordinator for a guy that, what, threw 70 touchdowns in Nate Stanley. We're not seeing that. And I brought up the theory that maybe the loss of Ken O'Keefe has proven to be bigger than what we actually believe. That could be something there. Because since he's departed, this thing is absolutely cratered. How are you getting wide receivers involved? It's been a huge topic this week. 14 catches in four games from wide receivers. 35 targets in four games to wide receivers. What are you doing to get them football? And not just in terms of simple things, right? Dump it out there, get a screenplay, get the ball in the hands of a playmaker, get some guy, a guy with some speed out there and try to find some space for him. Not just that, but also what you're trying to do in the middle of the field. Not just outside, not just running a go route. What are you trying to do in the middle of the field for wide receivers? Outside of some shallow crossing routes, you don't see that happen with wide receivers. And when we hear from Brian Ferentz, and we will hear from him at some point this season, I think that's a pertinent question. What are you trying to do to get wide receivers involved? Obviously, what they're doing is not working. And whatever the scheme was early in his tenure, especially years two through four, it's gone. We're not seeing that happen anymore. Amir Smith-Marset, Brandon Smith, both those guys, they had nice, solid careers as wide receivers in the Iowa system. That's not happening. And, and I just, I cannot believe that the wide receiver position is so void of talent that they can't do anything to get them the football. We'll see. We'll see if he's got answers this week. And not just in the scripted plays, not just early on, because as we told you the numbers in the past, it's not, the scripted plays have worked fine. They work fine against Penn State. It's what happens after that and what happens in game. And that continues to be the concern. Cade McNamara with the quote, I'm just a quarterback. I'm not calling the plays or any of that. That is true. 
I would personally like to see somebody else calling the plays. We know that's not going to happen. Speaking of Kirk Ferentz and his press conference, a question was asked of him about a change in a play caller. Now, again, living in a reality, which we like to do here on Lockdown Hawkeyes, living in reality and not what we'd like to see, that's not going to happen. Brian Ferentz is not going to be stripped of his play calling duties. They could have another performance this week where they don't get to 100 yards against a bad Michigan State team, and he still wouldn't be stripped. We know what the reality is, and it sucks for us as fans, and it sucks having to watch this crappy offense out there week after week, but this is the reality. And the question was asked, and no, that's not what we do, and we'll evaluate on Sunday as we do after each and every game, yada, yada, yada. What other thing on the Kirk Press Conference? You know, and reading through the transcript, listening to a couple of the different pieces of the press conference, and... Kirk frustrates me at times, right? I think for most of us, if you're an invested fan, and if you're here, I know you're a very invested fan. There are parts that grow frustrating. And the offense and what we've seen and his inability to see how bad his son is at being an offensive coordinator, that's frustrating. But boy, there's still those little nuggets. Still get you. He had a couple of quotes in there that just, it got me chuckling. It's, it's, I respect the guy so dang much. I really do. I respect Kirk. And I know there's plenty of you guys out there that want to see him gone and are ready for a change and whatever that change proves to be. But I respect the guy. I really do. The nepotism angle, it's hurting his legacy. In fact, we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we continue here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. We're going to take a look at that legacy. What's happening right now? How much it's tainting it? And what does this mean going forward? For Iowa football. We'll do that and also take a peek forward to Michigan State and the next matchup for the Hawkeyes as we will go through and take a look at everything going on on the Hawkeyes. That's what we do here on Lockdown Hawkeyes, your team every day on the Lockdown Network. We'll be back with more in a moment. Missing the syrup for your pancakes or just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer? With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. Love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door. With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for the week or any last-minute cravings conveniently. Burnt your last piece of toast, avocado's gone bad, hot sauce empty, whatever it is, DoorDash. That is the place for your grocery delivery. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get that grocery delivery that actually delivers right to you. Thousands of grocery stores to choose from. You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. Want even more value? You can save on all grocery and restaurant favorites with $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Easy substitutions right in the app. Best-in-class customer support. DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code Locked on college at checkout. It's a limited term offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20. No minimum subtotal with zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter code locked on college. Don't forget the code is locked on college for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Trent kind of back with you again on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. As we talked about Kirk Ferentz and his legacy and where this program is and where it's going to go and 
what the future holds. We're at a bit of a crossroads. Now, we'll see how the season plays out. Look, if Iowa wins the next couple of weeks, goes to Wisconsin and wins, they win the division title, they make it a game in the championship game, most of this is going to be forgotten. If that happens and Iowa doesn't get to 25 points per game, Brian likely will be brought back. We're going to see more of the same. But when you talk about legacy, and I see this show up a ton on the comment side on YouTube, and a lot of people checking in over there, and a lot of people that are ready for a change of Kirk Ferentz, and I'm not there. Even as my frustrations grow at times, a season ago, during the downturn, the losses to Iowa State and Illinois, getting absolutely whacked by Ohio State. There were plenty of times that my frustrations boiled over. Last Saturday night was not one of those moments for me, that Kirk's got to go, that we've seen enough. I, I'm, I'm not there, and maybe I'll get there. We'll see. But I'm not there right now. And for older people, I know we got a lot of young people that listen and watch the show, but for people... 40 and above, that remember the transition from Dr. Tom Davison to Steve Alford. And when you look at just how much the basketball program stepped back, and now even though they've been successful, they've been to the tournament more times than not, Fran McCaffrey has done a good job, Iowa basketball is not the same thing that it once was. Although Iowa football in terms of investment, in terms of fan engagement, is great, I was there during the transition from Hayden into Kirk. I was there for the downturn at 98 and 99 and 2000 in those three years. And there were plenty of good seats available. There were still plenty of good seats available in 01 when they made it back to a bowl game. And even 2002 when they went on to win an Orange Bowl. Now that epic game with the Dallas Clark touchdown to beat Purdue and Adolfo Shelton having the interception that sealed it. That game was not sold out. I and mean, we're talking about a couple of successful years, and that game wasn't sold out. And when you look at the future of the Big Ten and what it's going to be and the difficult nature with the additions of USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington and knowing that you don't have the buffer that you once had with the crappy Big Ten West, yes, you'll still play Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Nebraska every single year. But there's no more every single year getting Illinois, Purdue, at Northwestern, we know those programs as a whole, not very good. Not very good. That buffer is gone. And with the wrong coaching hire, in a changing environment, in a state with 3 million people, in a state that does not produce a ton of Division One talent, and with programs that are relevant, Wisconsin's got a lot of excitement. Illinois with Bielema is as good as it's been. Minnesota at least has become a consistent winner under Fleck. And Nebraska will see what Matt Rule can do. And with all that happening around you, Kansas State, another program that Iowa butts heads a lot, how good they've become under climate. Iowa State at least keeping their head above water. This is a different environment. And where I go to is with the wrong coaching hire. And going back to basketball, Steve Alford absolutely was the wrong person to hire. He didn't care about Iowa, cared about himself. And if Iowa makes a mistake with their next coach and they push Kirk aside, look, Iowa is a lot more likely to take a step down than they are to take a step up. The likelihood that Iowa finds the right person that can elevate this program from what it is right now, 
a program that is a consistent winner, a program that's going to win eight games, even in a down year, a program that year after year is consistent and gives themselves a chance. And the likelihood it's going to elevate to become a consistent nine, 10 game away uh, a year winner. It's not very likely. And because of that scar tissue that's built up because of the memories of what basketball went through and then cratering under Licklider and how ugly it is. And Iowa, even with a successful coach and Fran McCaffrey and with the national player of the year in Luca Garza and with NBA draft picks in the Murray's and on and on and on. People haven't got back. And I would hate to see the same thing happen for Iowa football. That's not to say that Kirk Ferentz is at the top of his throne looking down and he can do whatever he wants. Though for the most part, he can. He's earned the right to walk away at a certain level. There's been too much good to just throw it out. But I know and tell me why I'm wrong on the comment section because I know there's a lot of people that can't get there. They can't get to that point that their frustrations have got to a level where they're just ready for a change. And there's the other side, people that understand what is behind door number two might not be as good. But you know what? At least it'll be entertaining. At least it'll be fun to watch. Because as Iowa has won all these games over the years, and all the games when you stack them up over the last five years, top 10 in terms of wins in all of college football, yet it hasn't been real fun. The bad moments have been really bad, especially the last couple of years. And even the good moments haven't been that much fun. And those people that are just ready to see an evolution, to see something different. And even if it does year mean that maybe we're going to have a couple of four and eight years in there, there's going to be those downturns and they're going to be more significant than we're used to. They're okay with that because they want to be entertained. I said that Saturday night after the game. This is still entertainment. And this team, even when they're winning, the entertainment's really gone. Coming back, it's a chance at a bounce back. It is Michigan State. And the news today, Mel Tucker has officially been fired. We'll take a quick peek ahead to Michigan State. Sparty comes in for the night game. We'll do that as we continue on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use to give you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace case. Make sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to license pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Trent kind of back with you again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Remember, coming up on Friday, it is, of course, our big, big Friday live show, College Football Live, hitting you up every single day 
from 10 until noon as we hit all the big storylines happening in college football. 10 to noon Central Time with College Football Kickoff Live. Covering everything, big matchup, rivalry games, playoff implications, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On hosts. That's Locked On College Football Live every Friday from 10 to noon Central Time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. So finally, Michigan State. Mel Tucker has been fired today. That has come down. Sparty is reeling. As a Michigan State team that lost Keon Coleman before the year, lost a quarterback before the season, it had not been going very well for Mel Tucker already, and then you have uh, what happened and that. What a look. <laughs> that aside, this is a bad football team. This is a bad football team that Iowa really should be able, not to name their score because Iowa has their own set of issues, but there just isn't a whole lot there. Offensive line, not very good. Running back room, okay. Nathan Carter might be the guy you worry about. Noah Kim, their quarterback, he can run a lot around a little bit. I mean, that's what you have there. It's a bad offensive team. It's a bad defensive team. They, they're bad. And not only are they bad, but they're dealing with what's happening with their coach. And you put all that together, you have this one other scenario that I'm looking to forward to finding out a little bit more. And coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll be talking to the host of Locked On Spartans. And we'll do a crossover episode. We'll talk about this game more in depth. But one thing I want to know is this will be their fifth game of the season. How many guys that have played the first four games this year are going to opt out? They can put their name in the transfer portal now that Mel Tucker has officially been fired. Now that that has happened, they can put their name in the transfer portal. And no, they're not eligible to play right away at whatever college they go to. They can start looking around. And how many of those players that have played those four games are going to say, you know what? I have a redshirt year available. I'm not going to play. How many guys are going to make that business decision and saying, I'm looking out for me. It's not going to be here, or at least not likely to be here, depending on who the new coach is going to be. How many of the players are going to opt out of this game and probably the rest of the season to main maintain that redshirt status? I don't think it's going to be a significant number, but I'm going to guess there's a few guys right now that are probably going through practice still with that lingering in the back of their mind. I'm actually going to sit out this week and the rest of the season. You're played a little bit as a freshman, playing more as a sophomore, but you're starting to look around. And you know you're not going to finish your career in East Lansing. I think that's going to be a big one to take a look at. We'll talk more about Sparty again. A night game at Kinnick Stadium should be a great environment. It always is with the disappointment. Let's get things rolling. Let's get that offense going. Uh, we will talk about that more. Also, LaShawn Daniels will stop by later in the week. We will talk with him about if he has anything we can see to potentially save these issues and what this offense is. We'll do that here on the Lockdown Feed. Your team every day on the Lockdown Network. That's what we do. We got you covered. Doesn't matter if it's your favorite professional NFL team, MLB team, Twins fan like me, Lockdown Twins. Listen to it every single day and get a look at my Minnesota Twins. We got you covered here with Locked On Hawkeyes. Your team every day. Lockdown Fantasy Football. Locked On Fantasy Basketball right around the corner. Getting set up for that. Locked On Bets. 
you name it, we got you covered here on the Locked On Network. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.